Welcome to the Collingwood Rant. We're coming to you following the loss to Fremantle. I'm Sly. And I'm Atlier, the sequel spook. <laughs> How are you dealing with the state of disaster? Followed by the sequel, the club of disaster. Well, uh, Dan was right today, declaring a state of disaster. He just didn't get the right state right. Uh, well, he's got the state of shit right. All right, so we lost to Fremantle. Is that pretty much covered? We should go now? Yep. Leave? Yep. Hang on, you can probably add in a few get fucks. All right, so let's add some get fucks. Firstly, let's actually give Fremantle credit. They played really well. Pressure was up. Um, kicked accurately. What a shock. Couldn't <laughs> see that one coming. That's uh, it's an amazing two weeks of kicking accurately against Collingwood. 10-1. I mean, I guess that happens when you don't apply pressure. Uh, we surprised by the changes. Dropping Roughhead, bringing in Keane, Magden. Um, yes, um, some of it smacked of a little bit of um, arrogance, especially with Keane. Um, you know, every game's a danger game at the moment. Now, granted, you've got to rest some players, but I believe Ruffy was dropped, not rested. So, yeah, not sure what to make of that one. Yeah, you would have thought that it would be either Keane or Magden, not both. You wouldn't expect both of them to come in. No, I mean, I don't know how many more shots Magda needs to uh, prove that he's not up to it. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I, I thought he was... I don't think he was horrible tonight. I thought there was others who were a lot... Oh, yeah, no, no, I don't, I, I'm, I'm not singling him out, but, you know... I can't believe you're singling him out. But um, do you plan a future with some of these players or are you just, um, you just treading water of shit? Treading water in shit or treading shit. Maybe it's just treading shit. Chris Main, probably one of his better games for Fremantle. Five disposals. <laughs> do you um, do you remember that? It's like that um, um, that scene in The Simpsons where um, Lisa gives Ralph the um, card. And Bart says, "You can you know, if you pause it. You can see the exact moment that um, he starts to break down. There's so many players out there that you can pause the exact moment that the game passed them by." Oscar Elliott, seven disposals. Yeah, he was good tonight, wasn't he? Josh Thomas, nine. So, I mean, I pointed him out about three-quarter time when he was on five. So, obviously, he came good almost. He is. A, uh, he, he was a disaster area any time he went near the ball. And that's not the first week. He was a state of disaster. Yep. Grundy. 11 disposals, 43 hitouts. I'm sure maybe one or two of them might have went to our teammates. Did he, did he win the hitouts? That's all that's important as long as he wins. Yeah. No, as long as he gets numbers on the board. I keep being, t- I'm actually told, I'm reliably informed that the reason he's not winning the hitouts is we need better midfielders <laughs> to advantage. I mean, it, it's genius. It's, I, I think if we apply that logic to every position on the field, we could win something. Uh, He's a good player. He just needs to be a lot better. Oh, look, I'm not going to single Grundy out because it always seems that I do, particularly you. But I uh, keep singling him out, though, every week. I mean, it's getting fucking boring. I would have thought the logic of having a statistically dominant Ruckman. My God, the man's talking about logic. Talking about logic. (laughs) (laughs) Having a statistically dominant Ruckman is to devise strategies that he'll tap it to your midfielders so you'll win taps to advantage rather than just putting it straight down and then expecting, you know, just a battle of strength or whatever to win out. I mean, isn't that, you know, a couple of weeks ago against Geelong when he did that beautiful tap to Chris, but he was running past. Why don't we see that sort of strategy more often? Aren't there plans? Wouldn't the logic be... I think it only happens by accident though now. Well, the four midfielders wouldn't, you know, before they ball it up, like would go up to Grundy and would say, hey, Brody, mate, I'm going to run that way. Spook's going to run that way. If you get your hand to the ball, tap it to either of us. Whichever way you're more inclined towards physically, go for that tap. And meanwhile, the two other midfielders, whoever they are, they'll stay back and provide defensive zoning. No, just just put the ball straight down. Um, side bottom was terrible in the first half and played pretty well in the second half. Yeah, he, he, it's, was, it's, um, he almost dragged us across the line, which, you know, you, that's what you want from that ilk of player sometimes. It's, and it's I don't disappointing mean him that he, specifically in that Ilka player, but yeah. someone with that experience and, and that know-how and that ability should grab the game by the scruff of the neck. And I thought, you know, he, he was pretty good in the second half, definitely. It's disappointing he doesn't know how to crumb goals or anything, as I've also been reliably informed. I don't he think anyone knows how to enough. crumb goals, though. Uh, you can't single uh, him out. No. 
he was great in the second half, and I think you know he should be given how moronic our forward line is. I think he should be there more often. Yep. Trelaw got thirty disposals. Can you name three of them? Ah, uh, yep. Uh, north, east, and uh, perpendicular to the uh, equator. So thirty disposals at fifty-seven percent disposal efficiency. I'm no mathematician, but I'd say that's about 14, 13, 14 disposals that go back to the opposition, which is almost half your output. <laughs> you think uh, whose side that are you playing be. on? But uh-huh. you'd, um, you'd, you'd probably wouldn't get dream team points though if you had players um, have with negative stats. It'd be no good for the um, for whatever that's meant to be. Uh, Maynard was good. The difference, John Noble was really good. He was superb. I uh, thought um, he was clear best on ground for us, which says a lot. But an 11-gamer who's uh, height-challenged um, shows up a number of your big-dollar um, players. But Tom Phillips, could, what are your thoughts on Phillips? Um, yeah, fuck off. Would that be one? <laughs> um, How good is it when I, I, Tom I don't know. the ball? How the fuck does def- he keep getting a game every week? I don't know. If you're a defender, surely when he got the ball you just lay off wait for him to stop prop get on his left foot and then to lollipop a kick you know the grand distance of about 32 meters <laughs> it's, 32 meters is a long kick for Collingwood. Quainer uh, tried my check try i mean i, I can't really um criticize <laughs> the forwards except for josh thomas and what william hollis get elliot too much because well, there's there's two there's two things with the forward line and and critique of them. Um, when it does get in there, they don't work hard enough to keep it in, and they get a really big excuse because of the fucking putrid delivery that's given to them. Yeah, well, I was just going to say that. I mean, sometimes it's hard to keep it in when you've bombed it so much to their disadvantage that they kill themselves to get to it to just provide a contest, and that contest is like an all or nothing thing so once they've provided that's it if the ball isn't falling to their advantage which it won't because it's just such a poor kick opposition are sweeping it out and it's like well what do you expect them to do now you know uh let me highlight some other really exciting things from tonight's game this evening's game well whatever whatever the time is i don't know the time difference um could we handball any worse to teammates so let's, this breaks down into two, the two Seriously, categories. in the next couple of weeks before you go on, if someone isn't on a charge for manslaughter because of a fucking handball that's killed someone, I'll be shocked. Okay. Go, so, all right, continue. All right, so it breaks down into two different... Oh, it uh, breaks down, all right. Def- yep. Yeah, yeah. Two different deficiencies or inadequacies. Uh, Only two? Either... Yeah, only but these break into subcategories. So either we handball it so hard it's like we're trying to take someone's head off, or we handball it. I mean, the amount of times we handled it so high that the the intended target had to leap up to try and take it like a mark. I don't know uh, what the intention is that the handball is thinking. Or this handball will create some continuity because. I've just delivered it with such ineptitude that there is no hope the person that's going to would actually be able to con- continue the chain of possession with any fluency. And then two, the other way it breaks down is, is there like a competition? Do they, before they go out there, they, do they say, let's see which of us can take out as many teammates as possible with a kamikaze handball while you're surrounded by four opposition. <laughs> the amount of times we it's like and, and it's really funny because the amount of times are like i'm watching him thinking okay take the outside option and it's like no no look there's free opposition on my left i think i'll take that option i'll just try and thread my way through them and they just did it time and time again yeah they showed a, a real skittish lack of awareness at the moment i mean skills are poor but the fact that the awareness just isn't there i mean you're watching it and look you're watching it with the with the comfort of uh, uh of tv though comfort would be questionable thing at the moment um the amount of options you can see that are there and they're just not looking for them there was one i think with um with with thomas one of his many um classic blunders he had a player running on the on the outside of him i think it was one of the early quarters and surely even you the blindest person with poor peripheral vision would have seen something move out of the corner of his eyes not like he's a t-rex 
And he's turned back inside and then just delivered the ball to the feet of somebody next to him. You think, well, there's a guy there streaming into the 50 arc. That's the guy you should have been given the ball to. Not returning the ball into play where it was just then at the foot of someone who was then swamped by the four Frio guys you keep naming. It's just incredible. Yeah, I, I just can't believe the amount of times they made the wrong decision. And it really harkens back to uh, 2016, 2017, where they were doing this continuously. It was just wrong decisions, poor skill execution. Anytime they might have had a decent chain, it just broke down somewhere down the line because someone undid it. And how do you get into these contests? Well, you don't get into them by playing smarter or by moving your players and trying to get something to happen. You just get into it by obviously telling them, well, we've got to try harder. We've got to lift our work rate. And that's really, there was nothing in that game where you could have looked at it and said, oh, the only reason we're in it now or the reason we're in it now is because they've made changes in the coaching box and tried to get something started. It was just simply like, oh, let's work harder. Let's, let's, let's push harder. Let's lift our intensity. And it just shows you that you can lift your intensity. It just means you're still going to make the same mistakes because you're not actually improving anything. You're not actually creating a better chain. You're not creating better links. You're just doing the same shit at a higher work rate. Mm. I'm really sick of fucking watching it. It's, it's really, you know, what are we, nine years into this coaching tenure, Oh, and don't get me started. If, no, get me started. Okay, and if we're going to talk about outliers, outlier was 2018 yep. until they got the grand final. Then they just thought, yeah, well, we'll work this out. And if you actually look at last year as an examination of where, how this side works, since the grand final, their system has just systematically, gradually broken down. And now we're left with this shit. And I know, again, there's a lot of youth in there, but that doesn't explain why experienced players and even guys like Phillips and that who you know, aren't as experienced as the Pendles, the side bottoms and all that sort of stuff, but now have you know, three, four seasons under their belts and played in finals campaigns, why they keep making the same mistakes as a five-gamer would make. It's really absurd. It's a, it's a, it's like no no opposition coach I think particularly has to work hard now to to work us out. You flood back, you run harder, you rebound, and we'll just fucking wilt. It, it's pretty straightforward stuff. The other thing too is if you go back, you know, three four years to 16, 17, 15, you saw a lot of those goals where there'd be some error on one of our players' behalf, and then the opposition would just counter, and that would have effectively run 100 metres into an open goal, totally unopposed. And you're starting to see those things again. Yep. Well, it happens a few times. Counts. Absolutely. And this I is a side. Frio's, Frio's pretty much, I believe, decimated with injury. Had about um, 12 players with about four games of experience playing tonight. No excuses. No. It's just... Nine years in, okay. Come on, let's get you started. Nine years in. What are you expecting nine years into a coaching tenure? Oh, not what we're seeing now. I mean, really, the whole thing has been a fucking debacle. You know, and, the, and the problem is, is the, is the 2018 season papered over a lot of the cracks. Everything that year went right and the expectation of, of moving forward and building on that just hasn't been delivered. We're back to where we were a couple of years before 2018. We're chasing our tails. It, it's just oh. not working. Now, I'm sure no, that'll be living. seen as a gross fucking overreaction, but I'm done fucking with this. This is nine years. Nine years. And, and, and fucking Harvey's been there 24 years. You know, no, the, look, I agree. I mean, it's... But the fuck up the other day with the tennis stuff really just fucking highlights just how broken <laughs> things there. are there. You had, I mean, I'm sure we're going to cover this later. Are we covering this later? But no, no, just cover it now. You had fucking Maguire come out and say... Anyone who should uh, that breaks the fucking rules now, and I'm, I'm sorry, we're not, not talking about the fucking footy anymore, but anyone who breaks the rules should be deported back to Lithuania or wherever it is. And you, you read that and, and hands up who didn't think this, you're all going, <laughs> it's only now a fucking matter of time before somebody at Collingwood fucks up again. I sort of joked that I probably thought within 24 hours... But fuck me, to do it within 24 hours, that's a staggering, <laughs> staggering performance. And look, and if it was like John the Boot Stutter, you'd probably go, well, you know what, dickhead, it's your fucking head coach. 
and your head coach, one of the senior assistants, blokes who should know better, blokes who looked at that situation and should have realised what they were doing was wrong, but they went out and did it anyway. How oh, the and fuck the are these is, people yeah. up the top here still running a football club? You have to imagine that those two, when Sidebottom messed up, that those two would have given a stern warning to all the players that, look, you know, it's a difficult situation. We understand that, but you've got to do the right thing. You've got to be responsible. This club has enough scrutiny on us. Please just make sure you obey all the guidelines. And they would have been, I'm sure, extremely stern in delivering that message. And then they're the ones who actually so it's really I don't know his club's just a debacle and it always amazes me when I listen to commentary and that the people you know still tout us as like premiership favourites or the team to beat it's like I don't see it why are we the team to beat you got at full forward now Darcy Cameron no disrespect to him once he free games into his career yet another Hail Mary choice and like I actually like the way he moves he plays you know he takes some nice marks uh, it could be a pretty decent player but he's pretty old though too, isn't he? He's 25. Yeah. Well, so you got him at 25. You got Cox at 29. You got my at about 26, you know, and these are the guys we're playing for it. And you know, I, I know you don't entirely agree, but like more for me is being wasted at fullback or center halfback. I mean, he ends up fullback quite a bit anyway. You know, when, if you look at the day's game, when Long Neal wanted to tax our defense, he sent, Five to full forward. He didn't send five to full back. He sent it to full forward. Yeah, but you you look also can to, turn. Sorry, Frio's. How many tall defenders do they have? Any? Oh, none, none. Yeah, and, and look, selection aside, you would think this would have been a fucking obvious one to bring Cox back for. However, did he even try and throw Mood up um, up forward just for fucking ten no. minutes to see whether it was going to work or not? He's, it's almost like he's shit scared of making that choice because the minute you do, you unplug the uh, defence and it's going to leak goals. Well, you've had two weeks, mate, of where that's fucking happened with Moot there. Make the call. Oh, look, I'm not a fan oh, look, of it. You... I'm, I'm happy with, with, with Moore as a defender, but at the moment, Christ, forward line is... is it, it's, it's just not there. So I was having this and discussion with someone else. The forwards you move back are the ones that are just clueless as forwards. And those are the guys like Simon Prestigiacomo, which recruited a centre-half forward. He just looked lost down there. You know, Mark Richardson, that Collingwood, he was well, recruited as a forward. Didn't really do that well. It was thrown down back. Liam Jones at Carlton. Levi Casbolt at Carlton. Forwards weren't quite working. They're thrown down back. Playing better. More as a forward at Collingwood looked good in a really dysfunctional unit when he was a young, inexperienced, skinny kid. Now you can see he's taking monster marks and all that. I think if you put him up forward, he would panic the fuck out of opposition defenders. Well, you certainly would have today. And today, like, I I don't know who Fernandez's forward line is, you know, Um, that Tabiner. That was a three-gamer that um, that, uh, Panthers, the the, the little guy, whatever his name is. yeah, and it's, you know, if I, I was Buckley, I, I have no idea. If, if I was Buckley, I would have actually started Mark more at full forward this game. I would have been like, you know what? Let's just totally throw him off. They're not going to be expecting this. And if it looks really bad in 15 minutes, I'll swap it back. But let's just do it and see how it goes. You know, th- I think there's a romanticism with more at full back, center half back, because, you know, he's dashing and all that sort of shit. But I, I think you're going to get pretty much almost the same output out of lesser options who are just spoiling the ball uh, and you're relying on counter-attack rather than, you know, with more, you're obviously playing him a bit more attacking where he's taking marks and like sort of shit. For the amount of potential he has, I, I just think it's wasting talent to play him down there. You don't see anyone else in the league doing it. We're the only ones. And that's because Buckley played him up forward for a few years when the side was so fucked up that more didn't have a consistent output. But during those years, if you had Gary Ablett Sr., Tony Lockett, Jason Dunstall, Lee Matthews, Peter Dacos down there, you would have still mauled the shit out of them with how dysfunctionally you moved the ball forward. Mm-hmm. So I, I but to, looking at the side, I think there's players from that 2018 year, like Varco, Hoskin Elliott, Josh Thomas, who... Hoskin Elliott, maybe I'll give the smallest pass to. Uh, but 
and not in pass in terms of uh, I think he's been playing well. It's just that I think he still has upside. But you're looking at him going, geez, you'd have to start seriously thinking about just putting the pen through these names and yep. saying they don't have it. And the problem there is, I don't know who's meant to come up. Well, that's exactly um, the point. You know, you've got these young players like Dagos and the Browns and all that, but they're just miles off of it at the moment. Uh, Quayna, you know, he tries and all that, but none of these guys are anywhere near ready. So what you're probably looking at is if you start striking through names, you're probably going on another rebuild for about or mini rebuild at least. But the problem with that is by the time that's completed, Pendleberry, Sidebottom, How, Roughhead, oh, Greenwood, it. they're gone. They're all gone too. <clears throat> but so, we're not going to win a flag with this side at the moment. So you've got oh, to win we're we're a flag. You've got to make a choice. Yeah, I don't know what they're going to do. I mean, one thing is I just really think Buckley needs to sit down with the coaching staff and just say, where we're going to get the most out of these players. Uh, the way we're playing with the moment is just not fucking working. And that they keep pushing it, expecting it to click nine years in. If you take out the 2018 outlier, it's not going to happen. And I understand we're, we're missing players. We're missing guys like Pendlebury, Howe, Degoe. But you put them back in, I think that's going to be just papering over cracks. They, they were there last year. How good did we look last year? I know we still finished fourth, fortunately, because Hawthorne beat West Coast in the final round. But most of the time, we just look spasmodic anyway. Oh, yeah, it was a very and average year. Is... I think we called it in every rant that we did last year. Yeah. You were expecting and... some sort of miracle to happen, but it never did. You know, the and issues the, that we're talking you know... about now are just continuations of that poor year. Oh, they're more than continuations. They're degradations and... You know, it's just a continuing devolution. And I don't see it changing. You also have to question how much Justin Longmuir contribute in 2018. Oh, well, yeah, that was, that was a point that was uh, raised a few times today. <clears throat> well, I mean, you know, we've been talking about the coaching staff in general, that they don't seem to have any fresh ideas. Longmuir left and who they bring in. And I think they brought anyone in. I think they just shifted people around or they brought in Scott Selwood or someone. Yeah, but didn't all they... Um, Selwood and... Um... Uh, who's the John guy? Um, they sold. Boyd uh, from old Whiskers. Good old Whiskers. Hawking. Yeah. Didn't they all get the ass or laid off for this period because of the COVID no stuff? Idea. So I think it pretty much I at the moment it's, um, it's Sanders no. and um, uh, Harvey. Um, and, and for all I know, Harvey was sacked 12 years ago. He just hasn't realised yet. Um, and and Buckley. Well, it's seems to be the threat you, you see. If they're the three you see, you've had Buckley who's been there for nine years. You've had Harvey with no disrespect intended. He's been in the coaching system ever since he retired and you can't get a senior job. And you get Sanderson who was fired from Adelaide. So you sort of look at that and go, well, who's really providing the innovation there? I mean, look at Longmuir. I would have always thought that with coaching staffs, you want half of them to be, you know, solid citizens like your Buckleys and Sandersons and all that. And then half should be guys that you're hoping that they're going to get poached for senior jobs because they're brimming with ideas. They've got a fresh perspective. They're really hungry and they're constantly challenging you. We don't have that in the coaching staff. It's just the same stale opinions, it seems, and you're getting the same stale output. And it's just sickening to watch. It's just, I, I watched today's game. I'm, Again, almost shut off at half time, thinking oh, I can't bother with this. I don't care if they win from this point. It was, was ugly. It shouldn't be this much of a scrap. It was if they, and you know, again, I don't mind. I mean, I hate losing, but if you're outplayed, great. And Fremantle to an extent outplayed us today. Oh, but definitely. the problem is just that the system just keeps breaking down, and it's like if you had a better system, you would be putting pressure on them. And then you'd be breaking them down because they wouldn't be able to maintain it. But because we're continually making errors, what was the stat at one stage of their five goals? Four of them were from turnovers. How many were from turnovers? And oh, it's all, you know, all from, um, be... from basic skill errors. Yeah, like yeah, you know, so I how... think it was about the fifth goal, the sixth goal was where it wasn't more kicked it um, straight to the yeah. guy. I mean, that's unusual so... for him, but Jesus Christ. When it goes, it goes bad. But that's the thing is like, if that's, if you're providing or creating their goals as well, well, it doesn't matter if you're a shit team, you're going to keep them in it. If you eliminated those errors, 
then they'd have to work harder for their goals. They would struggle. And then at some point you think being a young team, you're going to break them down, but you're keeping them in it with your poor execution. And that's just been the hallmark of Buckley's tenure at Collingwood, which is amazing given he was probably one of the most skilled kicks I've ever seen. But in the nine years at Collingwood, geez, the skill errors have been horrific and they're consistently horrific. And the only time that we actually looked half decent was in 2018, where we sort of ran more and we played with this more mad abandon. Now, it's just, I, I just, there's so many times today that I just shook my head when I was thinking, why would you choose that as your option? Oh. Why would that be the choice you've made? You it's know, just handling I mean, the guys under pressure. Yeah. Yeah, but, but that's the thing. The ball carry, as soon as they get it, we are swamped. And they are just forced into either a turnover or a poor decision. And, and essentially, it's like pass the parcel, uh, where, where the parcel is thermonuclear weaponry or something. It's like a hot potato. They just can't get rid of it quick enough. And they just give it away to someone who's under, if not more pressure, than the, the, the previous guy who had it. It's just insane to watch. But we said it last week, too, and I saw it again. There was times like, if you handle, 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 that guy is clear. He can now take a step out of congestion and kick, or he could just even get a quick kick out. If you remember, Lenny Dacos at one stage just bloody booted the ball, and my check provided good contest, and we got a goal from it. But instead, the guy there who has the option of I'll kick long goes, nope, I'll handle back. And it's that one or two handballs too many. And it's like, well, what are you trying to get here? What are you trying to create? Because so many times, you're over-possessing and then the guy who ultimately goes to the kick just boots the shit out of it. So was that what you're really trying to create? Just the chaos ball, a long bomb to, you know, hope for the best. Is that why we need to see 14 handballs? Couldn't you just cut out 13 handballs and do that from the first possession? I don't get what they're, I mean, I sort of understand what they're trying to do, but it's not working. And, and for some reason they've gotten into this loop that they can't get out of and they just, fall or whirlpool into it deeper and deeper and deeper until it just becomes this clusterfuck. Oh, it is. And I'll, um, I'll read this to you, the old, uh, Sir Swamp Thing stat. Um, Collingwood have had 28 goals, four behinds kicked versus them in the past two games. Scoring accuracy of 87.5%, the highest ever against any club over a two-game span. That's embarrassing. Yep. Well, defenders are... Oh, midfielders, sorry, aren't applying enough pressure. I mean, again, we're down on the tackle count. They don't seem to be running as hard. I don't know how taxed they are by all these games and flying around and all that sort of shit, but, geez, we look flat-footed a lot of the time. And I'm not making excuses, but, geez, we're always the hunted side. You know, Fremantle, what are they, 70 for something? It's like, oh, yeah, we'll just say they're one brilliant game. They haven't looked like winning a game for the whole year. And it's like they played well above and beyond what they're capable of. And I, I just want to point out, because I'm not going to blame the umpires, but fuck that last two minutes of umpiring from Elliot's soccer, which was oh, called deliberate. Fuck me. That was incredible. Grundy was called for a throw, which looked like a handball in the commentator. So I said, yeah, let's look. Oh shit. You know, and they shut up. Uh, and even that Monday one at the end where he basically dived into it. And look, you know what? If you're going to pay those, you're going to pay those. But then you need to pay them all the time. There was one, I can't remember, the Fremantle defender who just pretty much handballed it out when he, was, he had pressure applied on him. A um, couple of tackles that were just, you know, was that remember that sigh one where oh, toward he, he, the end he was held for for about twenty minutes, and the same with was um, held... there was one also to a little bit earlier with um with, with Sidey that was held in the in the square and um, in yep. the near the um uh, forward line we're in the forward line he's uh, my GPS is off tonight, but yeah look he's held and the, and the ball's moving away from him and he's still held and like it's fly on. And you think, oh man, that's clearly holding the man. I mean, you really, these are things that you do when you want to train 10 year old umpires to say, this is what an interpretation of the rule looks like. And you use footage from that. But fuck, if they're not paid as frees, what's the hope? The, the thing that really annoys me is there's no genuine um, context given to decisions. It's like, like that Elliot one. He suckers it, he's sliding as he suckers it just trying to propel it forward. It's like, oh, we're going to pay that deliberate. 
you know, because that's just the rule now. The rule now is if you kick it anywhere toward the boundary and there's no teammates around, it must have been deliberate. There was no way that you actually were just trying to gain distance or anything and it was unlucky enough to go out. That's Sion. This fucking, like, I'm a big proponent. Let's pay holding the balls. But he's held by one arm. He gathers the ball by the other arm and then two Fremantle players jump on him and he's called for holding the ball. It's like, how did you expect him to get rid of that? <laughs> Even if he had both hands free, there's two opponents on top of him. So it would be physically impossible, you know, show me how he could physically get rid of that. And that's like what I hate about that when they call that one, the dra- you know, when someone dives on it and drags it in. It's like, all right, fine if you want to ping that. But surely when you're paying those free kicks, it should be a case of, hey, you did have an the capacity to get rid of that. You just chose not to. But now it's like, oh, you know what? He's actually physically impossible. You could fucking do a test run in the lab and just prove there was physically no way to dispose of a ball. But like, hey, we're going to be tough on that rule now. So if you were tackled and you are holding it, then fuck it. You're, you're pinged. You're gone. We're going to pay. Holding the ball at the moment is, is possibly the worst interpreted rule and at levels never seen before in this competition. It's a fucking lottery. That's the thing. It's like, where's the context? You should seriously look at it and go, could he get rid of it? Or was he being, was it being held to it? They used to do that, you know, years ago. It used to be like, oh, well, the ball's being held to you. There's no way to get rid of it. It was physically impossible. So we're just going to ball it up. But now it's like, oh, fuck it. You picked it up. You got tackled. And, and the really bad one that I hate is like, oh, no genuine attempt. So you actually have to mime for the sake of the umpire. You were genuinely attempting to get rid of the ball, even if you can't. If you don't do that acting job, then the umpire's going to say, well, you made no attempt, even if the attempt was going to accomplish nothing. You know, it was sort of gone a little bit off track. Just like Tony. Uh, no, we've gone a lot off track. Any final thoughts about this shit game? No, I think it really just sums up where we're at. You know, it, um, I think as, as much as, as anyone, I was duped a little bit with some of the, uh, the early season performances. Um, and a lot of that was just real hopefulness that maybe they were going to improve. But I think uh, it's not that they've come back to the pack with a thud. They've come crashing back. What are we now, 11th or 12th in the ladder or something? We're, we're, we're playing like a bottom four side at the moment. And I, I'm struggling to see where we're going to improve. And, and that's a lot to do with the outs. Um, you know, and it's, it's, it's fucking wrong that, that um, we miss the likes of um, Pendles as much as we clearly do in the middle. Pendles is 948 years old. He ain't going to be around forever. Why do we crumble when he's not there? Who, who's well, the your higher apparent? You know, it's, 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 it's embarrassing times. Um, so, yeah, I, I, I think gotta, we, we, we clearly... Even are, with Pendles... Sorry. Even with Pendles out, just going to say, no, just going to say, there's no system. So you bring someone in and it's going to be like, well, what the fuck do you expect? Adams, that was the worst game I've seen him play, I reckon, in the years he's been a senior regular. Did he get above 33% um, disposal efficiency? Um, I don't know. I'll check that. He got 39% disposal efficiency. Oh, that's an improvement then. That's uh, good on him. Well done. you you got yeah, uh, to pick out the positives. But the, the thing is, it's like these guys are just constantly courting congestion. Trelaw's another one, you know, and I've been whining about this forever. Why is he constantly caught on the inside, surrounded by players? How do you not manufacture for him to be on the outside? Right. And again, that's a breakdown in the system. You know, you bring uh, uh, Sire in and you're not going to expect him to be OG first game back in a year. But it's like they're trying to find the missing ingredient to solve their problems when the problem is their structures and the way right. from a stoppage they unfold. And yep. For years, they've just thrown numbers at it. They've just tried to win through sheer attrition. And there's no actual, outside of 218, there's very little system coming out of congestion. You don't see the spread. You don't see sort of a, a cohesive chain that links from the inside back to the outside. And then you get a spread going forward into attack. It's just like, let's hope for the best. And then someone will snap it out of a pack and then we'll reset up for a fucking another stoppage and hopefully we'll get it out the same way again. It's just, it's it, like I said, we're going back to 2016, 2017. We just really look the same. All the stuff we were whinging about, like not just saying you and I, but as the Collingwood supporter watching 2016, 2017, all the stuff that 
were complaining about back then, that's what you're watching now. Mm-hmm. And if they haven't gotten this right after nine years, then you know what? Bucks, Sandra, go play another tennis match, get sent back to Victoria and fucking let the boot start a coach because this is really amateur hour. And it shocks me that you have so much midfield experience in that coach's box and they can't work out a system. Oh. And they haven't been able to cultivate players like Brundy and that to work out a structured means of, mono- of monopolizing their statistical dominance in the ruck. It's, just, it's, a, it's a crime. No. I think it's time for a clean out from the top the down. Is if you do a clean, if you do a clean out, you no, I'm talking so more. much of the players. I'm talking about the uh, the, the. I think the, you have to do the players though too. I, I think they well, some of them. You know, look, if you change things up, some of them are going to be moved on no matter what. I think there's still a core of a good side there. Um, it's it's going to be rapidly disappearing though in the next year or two if oh. we don't do something about it. I mean, I go on about this a lot, but their list management post 211 has been diabolical and has put him in a hole where they've constantly tried to find left field solutions like your Darcy Camerons, your Mason Coxes, your Jonathan Marshes, um, Mark Keane, all those sort of guys. It's like, where can we find a good player? Even Sai was a speculative pick in the draft where they took him. Uh, and it's coming back to Biden. It's, and there's not enough genuine promise and not enough access to um, youth to build a side that's going to enjoy sustained contention. Not like you go back to 2006 because they really built that side so well with Pendlebury, Thomas, Reed, Brown, uh, doors, side bottom beams, and then you're getting these guys like Lumumba and um, Tuvi and all that. And you built this really good young core with a good uh, experience sprinkling at the top. And they should have dominated for a while. I mean, that's been documented, but they weren't. And they've dismantled it. And this is the side. It just, I look at it and I just like, what the, what's this side? It's really just a hodgepodge side. Mm. For, eh, well, Playing Sydney next week somewhere. I don't know, Gabba. I don't know. Where are we playing? Who are we playing? Sydney, isn't it? Sydney. Yeah. I'll chalk that up as a loss. <laughs> yeah, I think well, we, we leave, thank fuck, the WA hub and uh, go back to um, Queensland now. So we played the, the Gabba. For the rest of the year. We play Gabba Thursday. Do we? Five oh, that's 40. right. It's a, yep. it's a quick turnaround, isn't it? And Sydney played oh. yesterday, so... Um, yeah, who who knows? Um, no, look, we'll probably win that one, but um, I don't know. Um, I wouldn't be guaranteed. If I was Longmore, I'd be saying they're vulnerable. You well, can. Oh, well, geez, what do you think the tactic will be? Maybe flood back and uh, use a bit of pace to move the ball forward. That'd be a shock to see that used against us again. Um, oh, look, what I hope happens next week is I hope Buckley Sanderson gets sacked. I can hook. Oh, what else I hope next week is they look at the falls side. On sword. I don't want to watch a press conference and hear him say, well, we didn't work hard enough and blah, blah, blah about working hard enough. Oh, it's the usual management speak. I want to see them come out next week with some strategy towards giving them structure, which means they've got to change it up because this shit's not working and it's hasn't been working for quite a while. So you're going to just keep doing the same shit, hoping it clicks because the other reality is all oh, Pendlebury might be back in a week or two or whatever the case might be. It's a soft tissue injury. So there's a chance you'll never be back in Collingwood. <laughs> it's how how undergoing you're out for you know pretty much the season. So you're not getting him back. So you need to work out new strategies and whether that's, you know, saying, well, hey, Steve, we're going to play you in the middle. Steve, you, he's that blonde-haired one, isn't he? I thought I yeah. saw him once or twice tonight. Or whether the they bring guy. Wills back. Yep. Whether they bring Wills back and just say, well, you and Sire are going to be in the middle at all. One of you is always going to be in the middle. They need to do something different because this shit ain't working and it's fucking getting painful to watch, which I recall was happening, like I said, 216, 217, where there was a marked uh, 
you know, the, the crowds, our crowds really, really went down because people were just getting so sick of what they were watching. And if you get those sort of people who come out and go, oh, you should follow your club no matter what, my response to you is, you know, uh, it's not fucking on the unconditional. Club needs to earn respect and they're fast, fast destroying any goodwill that they've built. Yep. Your tip for next week? Um, um, we'll lose in the last minute um, <laughs> with some errant kick from Sydney. Just to, just to put a shock value to something. Um, no, I think we... I don't know. Well, it's, a, it's a short turnaround. We're travelling back. You know, I wouldn't... No, I'm not tipping them. No, fuck it. Sydney will win. Um, you're really optimistic by saying that. I can only imagine, but well, it's short turnaround, so it's four and a bit days. Surely someone at the club's going to get caught for another COVID breach and we'll just be thrown out of the league. We can only hope. It can only be a good thing. Is that, yeah, you know. So I, I don't know. I, I, it's, you're getting so many disaffected people now. They're just getting sick of it. And it's like, again, I don't mind losing if I can see you know, the system there, but geez, it's a real ugly way we play now. And I can't be confident that we're going to out ugly Sydney who are, you know, experts at that sort of game. Yep. No, I agree. You know, and in some respects, yeah. And it, look, it's, it's the negativity is high. I mean, Jesus living in Victoria is not a fucking dream at the moment. Um, after the shit show that's happened today, and what that means going forward, um, you you look for particular things as as a, as a positive distraction for you, um, and and sport is always one of those great things that you can um, you know lose yourself in the moment with and 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 whatnot. And I'm just not getting any of that out of Collingwood at the moment. It's it's a it's look even losing today. You're angry, but you're not angry. You're just accepting of it, and that's a that's a danger sign type of thing. It's like you know it's just just doesn't feel as important as it used to. And we're getting older and more jaded. Well, I didn't think it was possible for you to get any more jaded, but I'm sure you'll find something uh, new to get jaded with. But um, it's just flat at the moment. And it's just not a pleasurable thing to, to be to be following them. I hate to say, now I'm, I'm, no. you know, I'd love to get a win next week, but even then you're going to look at it and go, well, fuck, you know, seriously, what does it really matter if it's not going to have any impact on the end of the year now? What's the point? Um, you know, and it's like someone on Facebook before said about, well, you know, fuck it, throw the towel in now and, uh, and let's get a low draft picked. And then uh, one of my other friends popped up and said, well, um, they'll just go and blow it on um, Seedsman who's, uh, who wants to come home. And you look at that going, it's funny and it's also scarily probably true. Well, well, you know, problem. And, 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 you know, if there was a, a gun forward there um, in, in the early rounds of the draft, I'm sure we'll pick the best mid available. Yep. Well, the other problem is just, you know, you've gotten to the point where you've lost all joy following him. It's, what the fuck? How'd you get back here so quickly? How'd you manage that? 18 months on from a grand final where you thought, all right, we'll build. I mean, I, know, I can tell you what we started. started with Beams, but or recruiting Beams, not blaming Beams, blaming Collingwood. Uh, and you're back to this shit. It's, uh, it's pitiful. Uh, and, look, and again, I, uh, I, I, can't... I may have uh, expressed my point a little bit in our uh, culture piece over the, um, the break, but I still honestly feel, and I feel it even more so today, that everything at the top of Collingwood needs to be broken and thrown out. And that means the president really needs to fucking go after 20 odd years. You've done a great job, but you aren't going to be taking us to the next place. The coaching staff need to, to, to look to be moved on because it needs fresh ideas and it needs fresh outside ideas to come into the club and shake things up. You know, the, the scary thing is like tonight, you, you, there was a, um, I think one of the breaks, you're looking at Maxwell really getting stuck into more, um, um, and he's obviously doing a little bit off off the side coaching, and you think you know I'd love to him to be to 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 be a coach. I just don't want to go back into that whole favourite son scenario with Collingwood. You know the only two times we've had success um, has been with external influences, and I think that's something that they seriously need to go and look at. And I think you know, look as I said, Eddie's done a great job, but the you know, the constant target painting on his back and the bluster. It's just not doing the brand any good anymore. 
He doesn't contest anything when it needs to be contested. He will roll over and then he'll just talk, you know, tough about something or, or go bully something. But it's just not having the same weight of impact that it used to have anymore. You know, I'm sure the finances and all that sort of fucking stuff are great. And if you put anyone in a competent place inside of that, you'll get that done. But as a figurehead, the time has passed. You know, it's just, there's not too many clubs that would allow this to just to keep happening within their charters. And, and that's something that needs to be moved on. We need to change that so we don't get caught with the same thing again, that you just have the same person there, there, there using this as their own little favourite toy. And when you make the mistakes, big, it's very difficult to actually concede you've made one. Well, the biggest problem is, I will mention this in the culture piece too, is what's the vision for the club? I don't know what it is. And I know, you know people go, oh, it's obviously when the flag... Or what is it to win it now or next year or and the problem there is if you go back to the succession plan, I don't know what the vision for the plan was, uh, for the club was. Was it that Buckley would take the same group and enjoy premiership success? Two years later, he's dismantling that list. So it's what to rebuild. Was that the vision? But then we're recruiting guys like Jordan Russell and Quinton Lynch and all that. So you're trying to top up. You where exactly? And it just never seems like they've known where they are. And then their poor recruiting has hamstrung them. So they're just trying to catch up. And you know, I look at sides like Brisbane, even Carlton, um, Port Adelaide. You look at the they've accumulated all this really good young talent, and they've accumulated uh, well-structured, balanced lists. And I think, well, you know, they're coming. All those sides are coming. And Brisbane's already we're going. showing that. But we're right. going. But like, I, I, with that list, it's like, I don't think it's as... A, you, you, you're lacking, outside of Darcy Moore, you're lacking genuine key position players. So, you know, I love Majacek. You know, Ruffhead's done a really good job. But, hey... Are these your key positioners for the next five years? You got Will Kelly coming in, and that's it. In the last nine years, this is the total sum of the key positioners that you've accumulated. And then you've paid really a big for guys like Beams and Trelaw. And then there's guys there who I think uh, we overrate them. I, I don't think there's, there's certain players there who I think aren't as good as the rank and file make out, you know, and I'll just name one for the hell of it is Jack Crisp. I think, you know, he can be great on his day, but he can also be diabolical. But, you know, mm-hmm. we all look at him and go, oh, he's such an important part of that side. And it's like, geez, I'd love an upgrade <laughs> because I don't think he's quite as good as you think. He's been there for, what, about 100 games. He still gets the fumbles. He can still murder the ball. And I actually don't understand why of the two counter attackers that they've got there in Crisp and uh, Maynard. Why Crisp is the one they've sort of said, well, he'll play the run with role and we'll bring him into the midfield at times where I would have thought Maynard is the better option. Uh, Maynard looks like a genuinely, you know, possibly a, an elite player. I mean, he's very good already, but I'm sort of talking about like what his ceiling could be. Oh, definitely. Yeah. And you look at the way he kicks too. Geez, you think if he was kicking 20 or 30 metres up the ground, there'd be some nice inside 50 deliveries. But the, and this is the thing is like, how many Maynards do you have at the site in, you know, oh. in that list? You, you have the two Browns who I, I like Tyler looks promising, but geez, he's what, six games into his career. Dacos six kilos is, into his career. Yeah. Yeah. Dacos has shown improvement this year. I'm Ray, starting to really you know, like, there's just something about him. I think he could be, could be good. Yeah. But this is the thing is like, you can, there's none of those players. You don't have a Raul or someone like that. You're going, oh, this guy's going to be a gun. And then you get guys like Stevenson who in his first season, you're going, oh shit, what do we got here? And it's like, well, geez, you're actually three years in. You're nowhere near what I would project for you yeah and a lot of that then, but a lot of a lot of this stuff has to fall back to the to the coaching panel and again oh, no, I, I, think, I, I, I think that's where change can actually reinvigorate some of these players you've seen it time and time again at other clubs they get challenged in new areas they give get given different roles the structures are set up more accordingly i just don't think we have that brains trust there that can make that work no i agree and you know you look at someone like sire who's been uh, i don't know there's been so many reasons about why he hasn't played and i'm sure all of them are speculation. But another guy, you know, after an impressive 2018, he's gone very much sideways. So, 
and I know a lot of this has to do with injuries. Guys like Nathan Murphy and that you would have thought would be coming up, but he missed most of last year. And you've, that's the story for so many of the players. But you look at it, you go, geez, who's genuinely coming up and going to be very good to elite? And, you know, I'll put Maynard in there, Grundy in there, of the young guys, and that's it. I can't name anyone else. There's some like Quayna, who I really like. Uh, I can't guarantee that in terms of my projections because given what we've seen in terms of development at that club, it's not always guaranteed. And you, you compare that to someone like Malthouse, who, you know, I had criticised him often, but geez, when he got a young player, you tended to believe, okay, he'll really bring him up well. And sometimes you felt he was going too slow, but they all tended to trend upward under him. And he had a really good attitude of, you know, he knew how to go hard on some of them, how to go easier on others, and he brought them together. But we just sort of seem to have one rule for all now, and a lot of those players are struggling. Yep, totally agree. Last thoughts on Collingwood Sydney. Um, get fucked. Yeah, I agree. Anyway, that's it from us. Uh, thanks for listening. If you're in Victoria, stay safe. Uh, and do what Collingwood does in the forward line social distance from the ball. <laughs> <laughs> and the wings. Maybe, maybe they did see like one of those um, biological slides of COVID because I did think it had red in it and they're allergic to it now. Maybe that's just a, a way out their theory. Maybe they think it's a little yeah. bundle of COVID coming for them. That's the, that's the power of COVID, people. <laughs> yeah, what a show that was. Anyway. Yeah, we might be back next week. Who knows? Yeah, all right, enough from us. Let's get out of here. Yeah. Well, not that we're together or anything. It's uh, get out of here as, <laughs> as we log off because we're not breaching yeah. any uh, curfews today. Curfews, can you believe it? Um, but anyway, is what it is. Later. All right. See ya. We're no longer recording. We're going to play tennis now, right? That's right. <laughs>